Hello and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the little bird marketing company podcast. With you as always, I'm Priscilla McKinney, the CEO and mama bird here. And I have one of my oldie goldies, one of my friends that I met in such an interesting environment. We've been, we knew we were kindred spirits when we met. It's been just wonderful to see some things progress in both of our careers throughout the year. So finally, welcome to the show, Johanna Walker. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. Can we just answer the first question? Like, why? Why did this take us so long to get you on my show? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, you're here now. That's what we'd like to focus on. Yes, yes. I met Johanna at Emerging (laughs) Women, and that is such a beautiful meeting of people who are intentionally doing what they feel is their life's work. And talk about bringing people together at a conference at that moment saying, but how could I really show up in the way that I truly intend to show up? And that creates such a beautiful environment to begin with. And since you're starting to make connections with people that are just based on some of that more deeper motivation that you have in going (laughs) to market. And so Johanna, to boot, comes with that speaking and coaching, understanding, and so many years of experience of really helping other people refine what they're saying and what they're doing and how they even mean to show up in the world. And so she runs her own coaching and speaking engagement, storytelling, (laughs) really coaching. (laughs) And you're going to love this conversation. But yeah, to give her a little bit of justice, I think the best thing I could do to have you understand who Joanna is from just out of the blue is that she really cuts through the bullshit that you start saying about how you can't speak. <laughs> Let's just start at the beginning. Whatever fear you have, she's going to get rid of that. Whatever thought you have about that you don't know how to tell a story or you don't have a story, she's going to help you move through that. But she helps people and leaders and people who really have that gift to really make a difference and a change in the world to bring that to the surface. So she herself, though, is a keynote speaker and she does workshops and she's presented at corporations and nonprofits and startups and so many community organizations. And of course, on the TEDx stage. So I'll be sure to add that in the show notes. But she really um, helps people create that compelling presentation that they're looking to put out in the world. She's also the founder of Craft Your Talk. So we're going to talk a little bit about that also, but let's dive in, Johanna. Tell us about like the big thing out here is that everybody's afraid of is public speaking. How do you even work (laughs) on something where you know that your life's work is in like the biggest fear of most people's lives? Oh my gosh. It's so fun. It's so fun. And one of the things you said, as you were introducing me, you said, she'll help you get rid of the fear. And I just need to correct that. It's like, mm. I'm not going to help you get rid of the fear. Got the fear's it, got not going to go away. The fe- I mean, the fear is going to change. You know, your relationship to the fear is going to change. But the fear might, can't promise the fear is going to go away. Like, I still get scared when I'm getting up on a stage, a big stage. But my relationship to it has changed. Oh, I love so, that. I love that. Yeah. And I, I just feel like that fear is your life force. It's your life force. It's your energy. It's your vitality. And so when you can meet it and welcome it and celebrate it, then it becomes your battery pack. And that's actually the thing that you're on. It becomes your battery pack and you're the doorway to your vulnerability. And that's where your audience is going to connect with you. Right. Because nobody wants to go and be like, oh, that person has it all together. That was uh, a well-crafted and yet uninspiring speech. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's not what we want. (laughs) 
<laughs> right. Well, tell me a little bit about you in this sense. This is one thing I don't think I ever really have asked you is, did speaking really ever come naturally to you? Did you always know that was your thing? You say that you experience fear too, but were you always compelled to speak and to seek out stages? Always. Well, no. I was terrified. I mean, I was the quiet one. I would sometimes go for days without speaking as a young person. As a young person, I was the quiet one in the room. I was the one that people would say, what's wrong? Cat got your tongue. You never talk. What's wrong with you? How come you never talk? I remember standing at the bus stop one day after school, counting on my fingers. One, two, three. Oh, that's five days where I didn't say a word. Wow. I really didn't speak. It was through poetry. I started writing poetry that's what kept me connected to my voice was I scratched in my journals, just like I had stacks and stacks of journals and I wrote poetry. And once kind of by accident, I was invited to give a poem. It was the 20th. I lived in Kent, Ohio. It was the 20th anniversary of the Kent State shootings. They did a 48 hour poetry celebration. Poets from all over the world shared poems, sent poems in for local poets to read. So I raised my hand to read somebody else's poem. But when I got to the mic, They said, we thought, I said, I didn't get my poem yet. I don't know what I'm reading. And they said, oh, we thought you were reading your own poem. And I was just like, no, you don't understand. I don't do that. I don't do that. (laughs) But I did. I read one of my own poems. And at that point, my poems were all about my story of silence, of not speaking. So I read this poem. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Talk about like a historical (laughs) moment for you and for our country, really. Like, just let's make it the most intense possible moment for you that you speak (laughs) for the first time. (laughs) Well, you understand this from the art side of it. You also understand it from just this, I like that what you said, that battery pack, like from that, I must do this feeling and this is part of my life force and how I show up. But tell me about now how you've transitioned that in your career. Why do you think it is so essential for business owners, and especially those who want to step into thought leadership, to really come into their voice and be able to speak up? It's so essential because it's how we connect as humans. That's where your humanity lives. And whatever you want to do in your business, whatever sale you want to make, whatever project you want to take on, it's not going to go anywhere without the connection without that human connection. I work with coaches, consultants, people who are the face of their business. So especially for them, it's so essential that you be able to speak with confidence and communicate your message. No matter how brilliant you are at what you do, if you can't communicate about it, you're not going to be able to do it. So you have to be able to effectively make the human connection and communicate the value of what you do and why you do it. I love that because kind of liken it to the fact that none of us will hire a financial planner who pulls up in a beat up Pinto. (laughs) If you can't do this, (laughs) I'm not sure I want you helping me do this. (laughs) One thing that you and I talk a lot about is this idea of storytelling. And in the circles that we travel in, that is far more prevalent of a way to think about public speaking, as opposed to I'm going to give a great keynote, or I'm going to give this slide deck presentation, and it's going to be very informative. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's one side of business and stuff. But I know we've talked a lot about what you encounter from your side of your career is typically people who will tell you either there's no way I couldn't possibly publicly speak. A lot of people say I'm a horrible storyteller. So where do you start with them? Well, first of all, I just say, 
you're not like we're all storytellers in our bones we're all storytellers being a human you're a storyteller we're a storyteller it's how we it's how we make sense of the world i often say stories are the guidebook for being human right we tell stories all the time how was your day when you get to know somebody how well, tell me about how you got here and the craft of storytelling can be learned. Like I work with people. It's true. There are, we're all storytellers, but a lot of people still stuck at storytelling. We all know we're supposed to tell more stories, but a lot of people have no idea really what a storyteller, what a story is. So I talk about the journey. A story is a journey. It's a transformation. It's a change. So it's getting clear about what's different at the end of the story than at the beginning. How were you changed? What happened that changed you and that got you there? And that's the journey. So when you're telling a story, it's the story of your own transformation, but it's being really clear about who you're speaking to and what's the journey they're on and how does your story plug into their story? How does your story awaken the story in them? So we can get into the nuts and bolts, the nitty gritty, the engineering of storytelling to really make your story meaningful and relevant your audience. That's what's really key about what makes you a great storyteller is one that you can take yourself on, that you can take me on a journey, but that your journey is relevant to the journey your audience is on. Well, one thing that you say when you talk about journey, I've heard you say this before, that a good story should take people to their edge. So I agree with you. It should take them to the edge. But help me make that connect between me going, say, to a story slam and being mm -hmm, like, yeah, mm -hmm. I know I want to be taken on a journey and how that connects even in a business setting. Yeah. You know, I host a story slam, so I'm swimming in stories all the time. And it's really different. In a story slam, the story stands on its own. It's just like beginning, middle, end boom, there's the story. But when you're telling it in a business setting, once again, it the story has to be relevant to your audience. You have to understand why you're telling the story, which means you need to draw the through line from your story to the idea that you want to connect, convey. You want to speak directly to the conversation your audience is having in your head. So when you know what questions they're asking, what they're wondering about, what keeps them up at night, right? Then the story answers those questions. I love that. Story. So, so connected to my work with persona development. Johanna, yeah, I think this is where we totally. connect is saying it's like you always, whenever you write, even if you're writing a one sentence social media post is like you're imagining the person sitting in the audience. <laughs> yeah. um, have yeah. you ever read J.D. Salinger's book, Franny and Zoe? You know, many years ago. So long ago, but the, okay, so there's like ago. the funniest like Jesus prayer in there, but then there's the whole idea at the very end, which spoiler alert, but listen, people, it's been out there forever. So don't <laughs> tell me I'm spoiling it for you. <laughs> it's just like Zoe talks about how he's always been able to play for the audience of one. He imagines this lady in the crowd and that's what's always kept him on his craft. Mm. Um, and mm -hmm. I love that what you're saying is that whether you're at a story slam or whether you're at a business event, that's still that human in the audience mm -hmm, and you're mm -hmm. trying to connect to that singular audience. Yeah. But, and in your business, you got to know who that audience is and you got to draw the, you got to pull the threads through at a story slam. When somebody starts telling the, like, and here's the takeaway and here's what I'm like, I, this isn't a Ted talk. Like, no, don't <laughs> go there. Just tell the story, right? The story stand on its own. But when you are giving a Ted talk or a keynote or a marketing talk, whatever it is, your job to pull the threads through from the story to the idea that it's got to be connected to the idea. You got to know why you're telling the story. 
you got to know exactly what it's pointing to. Doesn't mean it has to always wrap up nicely in a bow, but strategic storytelling. Mm. You got to have the strategy behind it. Otherwise, it becomes like, why is she telling the story? Right. Does this have to do with me? <laughs> right. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting distinction. And one I don't think I'd had articulated is the difference of in my own personal life, of course, I love spinning stories and being the funny person in the group or whatever. Yeah. But they, you really can let them sit. Whereas then when I'm on stage on a marketing talk, I really do have to do that extra work. And I hadn't really articulated that before. Like you have to be a little bit more obvious with what does this mean for me today and now. Well, a lot of people can get in touch with you and take a look at your work and we'll definitely post your website and some information, but let's pretend that people do have an idea and they are going to do the work, whether it's with Johanna or with someone else or on their own, but they have something. So let's unpack the idea that you corrected me about. We really ended up in a better conversation about Mm. fear. Let's talk about what it is like to help people really embrace some of these uncomfortable feelings before they get on stage and before they start speaking. Tell me what those conversations sound like and why that matters. Before we get too far, let's talk about this show's sponsor. As a business professional, mastering social media is no longer a nice-to-have set of skills, but a fundamental need in order to advance your career and exceed goals. A lot of people are interested in learning social selling techniques for revenue generation, network building, and maybe even to advance their thought leadership. But what is actually needed is a practical and repeatable system to digitally transform whole teams. Teams that commit to creating meaningful digital communities and learn how to leverage social media to turn relationships into sales online far outperform their competitors and companies that commit to investing in their teams to increase their personal social influence reap the benefit of increased brand awareness and positive upticks in company reputation. Social media is natural, it's cost-effective, and it's an easily leveraged tool at anyone's disposal. What is lacking is an effective and proven system that trains sales, marketing, HR, and executives alike to move from social selling to complete digital transformation and into digital dominance. Our 12-week social selling course is a practical, hands-on experience. It's taken over time specifically to address the needed mindset shifts, the changes in habits and behaviors, and all of this while implementing new skills. You will learn how to network effectively and at scale Build rapport with targeted audiences, expand your influence, and become the go-to authority in your area of expertise. So this is not a quick tips and tricks for LinkedIn success flash in the pan. It's a commitment to changing the way you show up online and experience career-shifting breakthroughs. This is expert instruction in small cohorts with personalized one-on-one coaching. If you're interested, go learn more at littlebirdmarketing.com slash social hyphen influence. Yeah, well, I think there's two things. One is being ready, like being prepared can take care of a lot of that for a lot of people. And one thing I say is one of the rules of all my programs is go before you're ready. Go before you're ready. You're never going to feel ready. So you, on a certain level, you got to go before you're ready. You got to take that leap. If you hear the call, 
take the leap, dive in, do it, go before you're ready. And you can really prepare. <laughs> you can prepare. So I, I help with people to go to build that, build the journey, build the architecture of their talk so that they're really confident in what they're delivering and they can deliver it well. So that's one thing. But even when you're ready, the fear, especially for me through my speaking career, when I first started my business, I was like, my coach said, okay, now you have to go speak. And I was like, wait, what? No, I can help people speak, but I'm not a speaker. I really thought I could do this without speaking. So, and through the last 10 years of doing this business, every time I get on a bigger stage, I face plant in my old stories. I have nothing to say and I'm not good at this and nobody wants to hear what I have to say. Right. So no matter how ready you are, that's going to come up. So the other place I like to go is sensation. The sensation in your body. We get so tripped up in these stories up here. The stories, I have nothing to say. This isn't good enough. She's better than I am, right? And the, the work is, the practice is to drop out of the story and into your body, into your breath, into the sensation. Lose the story. Connect with the sensation. That's energy. You know, so it's like, ah, oh, I've got this this wiggly feeling in my belly. That's an interesting sensation. Or my throat is getting tight. Oh, that's an interesting sensation. How do you just meet the sensation with curiosity? Lose the story rather than, oh my God, my, my, I feel like I'm going to puke. I can't do this. I'm a horrible speaker. What am I? We go into the story and the train, we, so you just get on a train to I suck, right? There's no place else. <laughs> That train goes. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I'm going to remember that for so long. <laughs> Do not get on the train to I suck. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so relieving. So this is why I have people like you in my life, because you say things like that, that I would have never gone to that. But I hear that message. It really resonates with me. And I go, yes, I go, why didn't I think of that? That's not how I see the world. And I do remember being in a meeting one time with Chantal Perrot, who was the founder of Emerging Women. And I remember her just as this one off, just saying, Oh, Priscilla, I'm just so sick of living my life from the neck up. Mm. And I was like, what? And it's exactly what you're saying too. And it just, yeah. it really hit me. I think she and I have a very similar background, corporate. We were always competing against men. It was a very kind of dog eat dog scenario. And we've been in sales and we've been in these kinds of worlds where you taught yourself to live from the neck up. And it was just, it's this relief to think, wait a minute, there's more to who I am. And just what you're saying about that. Now I understand how that connects with speaking and being prepared to speak is that you also are saying, I'm also prepared to deal with me as I speak. Yeah. Yeah. And what happens when you, if you speak from the neck up, we're not going to be very connected to you. But when you drop down into your body and your breath and all that sensation and let it be in the room rather than making it a problem, like, well, I have to make this go away. I have to tuck this in and make this go away before I can speak. When you can drop in it and welcome it and celebrate it and feel it, one, it's going to be a little scarier. That's why I say, you're not going to get rid of the fear. I might make you feel more fear. <laughs> 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 Newsflash. <laughs> <laughs> but when you feel more of it, when you actually feel more of it, you're going to bring more of your humanity into the room. And that's yeah. where people are going to connect with you. And That's sometimes I find that happens. people are going to say they don't really know why they connected with you. It's like they can't even put a finger on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I say, just don't mess with that magic. Probably just don't <laughs> ask. 
<laughs> well, I would just want to say one more thing there, not to beat a dead horse about this subject, but you said at the very beginning that fear oftentimes can become a battery pack. Yeah. So say a little bit more about well, that, like how it can yeah. try to pull you through. Because fear is, it's just vibration. One is it's a story, right? It's a story in your head. So one Correct. is drop the story. When you can drop the story, it is not serving you. Let it go. I talk about stories a lot, but I, the most powerful story you can tell is the story you tell yourself about who you are and who you get to be and what's possible for you. That's a powerful story. And that's at the base, the root, the foundation of everything, right? What's the story you're telling yourself? So when you can lose that old story, drop into your sensation, that's energy. It's vibration. It's just vibration. Your voice is also vibration. My voice is my expression of my human truth. So when I can let the vibration of the fear actually become the vibration of my voice, then my fear actually supports my expression of my human truth. Yeah, it's just vibration. And when you can let the fear just be vibration, and oh, this is actually going to feed the energy and the vitality in my voice, then it's like, boom, you got this. I feel like what you're saying is it's about maybe understanding fear more than anything and putting it in its right place. It belongs in your power center. It doesn't belong at the front of your mind, like pulling you along somewhere. It belongs at the back, pushing you forward toward your purpose. Yeah. Yeah. It's information. I always say it's a, it's information. Curiosity is your best teacher. If you can stay curious about that fear, about whatever, whether it's a story or a sensation, if you can stay curious about it, it's going to transform. It's going to become something else. If you make it a problem, it's going to stay a problem. But if you become curious about it, it's a doorway to transformation. It's a doorway to the thing that you want. It's information. That is so key. Okay. Talk about curiosity. A lot of my audience (laughs) is really interested in TEDx talks. So Mm. because Mm -hmm. you have done this, I would like to hear, this is what this podcast is about. Pull back the curtain, just hear from people Mm -hmm, who've mm -hmm. done things. Let's quit embellishing the mystique and Mm -hmm. (laughs) creating myths. (laughs) Let's just talk to people who have done it and hear about their experience. So you gave a TEDx talk. I'll definitely put it in the show notes. Go check it out. But what was your process for preparing for that? Well, honestly, my process was kind of backwards. I had been in business for five or six years, maybe. And I thought, yeah, maybe one day I'll give a TEDx talk, but I don't have anything to say that's TEDx worthy. That was like, maybe in the future, maybe in the future, I will. (laughs) And I was working with a coach and she had her high level clients were invited to speak at a live event that she did and give a TED style talk. So I created a TED style talk for that event. And after I gave the talk, I got such great feedback from the audience. And I was like, wait a second, was that a TEDx talk? And so it was like, that was at least the seed of the TEDx talk. It really was. And a lot of people were very, at that small event, people were very moved by the talk. So I went home, started applying for TEDx talks. And a month later, I had a TEDx talk booked. (laughs) And then it was like, oh, all of a sudden, it was the future. I thought all of a sudden, it was one day. Because it was like, yeah, maybe one day I'll give a TEDx talk. But that was a great example of going before I was ready. 
Oh, I love right? that. So you're practicing like, what you preach a little bit here, Joanna. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So what's been the impact on your business? People are curious about that too. Of my TEDx talk? Yeah. 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 It's just TEDx talk was obviously it wasn't a sales talk, but people have found it and reached out. It hasn't gone viral or anything, but a lot of people have seen it and reach out to me. And because of that talk, they say, I want to work with you. I gave another talk it was a TED style talk that's also online and where I tell a very vulnerable story. People find those two talks and they reach out to me and they say, your story is not my story, but I want to tell my story. So when they hear those talks, they show, like I show up on stage and I bring myself, bring my humanity. I tell a story. I peel back the curtain a little bit. I'm very vulnerable in both of those talks. And that's, for me, what has connected me to a lot of people that have ultimately wanted to work with me because of those talks. A hundred percent. I can see that happening. And Brett Baker, a good friend of mine, now he's a good friend of mine, but he was my business sales coach for many years. And it was because when he sold me, (laughs) I reflected and went, oh my gosh, what you just did to me? teach me how to do that. (laughs) Like, I I felt so good. And he jokes around, he was on the podcast just recently, but he jokes around about how telling the story of meeting me for the first time. And he's like, you're the first person. And still since then, I've never had anybody who has said this to me, Priscilla. And I said to him, listen, I don't need to make any more money. I just need to feel better about what I'm doing. Mm. (laughs) And Mm. I felt crappy selling, but he sold me in a way that I ended the conversation and transaction. And I looked at him and I was like, I'm so thankful to you. And here's your $10,000. Let's get started. (laughs) It's just so funny. But when people see you do that, you're right. They don't have to have the same story. They just go, I want to have that impact. And I want to feel that way. I want to show up in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing, I mean, the other big thing about the way both of these talks have affected my business, and this happens for my clients in my program, People write a TED style talk, like that's what you go for. And that becomes the seed of any other talk you want to give, because what they do is they get clear about the idea. What's the idea that you want to be known for? What's the perspective shift you want your audience to have? And when they have that perspective shift, what's the action they're going to take? So when we take it into a marketing talk, then we get really clear about what's the action you want your audience to take as a result of this idea as a result of this perspective shift. But the TEDx talk, it gets really clear about the idea. And when you're clear about the idea that you want to convey, the idea you want to be known for, that has so much ripple into your business. So I think personally, one is who hears the talk and who's impacted by the talk and who wants to follow you because of the talk. But personally, the transformation is you get clear about that idea. You get clear about your own, your thought leadership. You get to claim it and own it. And when you claim it in a bigger way, it's so much of what happens in my program. People give this talk and they're like, oh my God, I gave that freaking talk. I'm a thought leader. (laughs) And it kind of like, you get to own it. I think many people, they have brilliant ideas and brilliant expertise, but until they really claim it, it doesn't translate to the wider audience. So when you get on that stage and you claim it and you own it, that has great impact for yourself personally and for the people who follow you. 
Oh, I could not agree more. And just like on that's on a big level, this is my bigger story. But I see these things happen in smaller pieces of marketing and sales and thought leadership. Like, for example, I think about when I very first started and I had clients and business was good, but I had never developed my unique value proposition. And so not having a UVP, every time someone asked me, well, what do you do? You know, I mean, like, well, I mean, maybe people can call it an elevator pitch, which I don't think is the same thing or just whatever it is. But every time I see in my life, in my career, when I have stopped and done the work to make something that is more succinct, the value is like you said, okay, well, I did a TEDx, but the other value is, but I owned it and the confidence yeah. that I got from Absolutely. it. So there's an internal benefit and there's an external. And we see that along the way in our own businesses, but this feels to me like not a finality or whatever, but it's, it feels like the big picture. Like if I could get my story, the thing I am offering to the world, if I could get that straight and get that succinct, it's not because it can't be any other way. It's because it would help me frame who I am and help me present yeah. myself better. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. Johanna, obviously we love each other so we could talk forever. <laughs> <laughs> Go check her out online. It's Johanna, J-O-H. A-N-N-A, <clears throat> Walker, W-A-L-K-E-R. So she's on LinkedIn, obviously, but she's also at johannawalker.com. And Johanna, just as a thank you for taking the time and giving your expertise to my audience and kind of peeling, like we say, pull that curtain back and help people make them a little bit less afraid about the fear that they're feeling. <laughs> like it's mm -hmm. okay, it's mm -hmm. a feeling we're going to walk through it kind of thing. Is there something they could do to connect with you that would be like that first step? Like how would they even go about just even thinking about that next speech. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm really active on LinkedIn. I love to connect on LinkedIn, reach out, tell me you heard the podcast. I like knowing who's out there. So that's one thing. But I do have a download I could offer. It's how to tell stories that have impact and attract clients. So that it's pithy, it's easily digestible. It's 10 steps that you can put whatever stories you're already telling. It is going to help you tweak them, sharpen them, make them more relevant, make them more engaging for your audience, 10 things that you can do right away with any stories you're already telling. Or if you've got a story that doesn't quite feel like a story yet, but you want to sharpen it up and make it relevant, turn it into a keynote. That's a great place to start. I love it. I'm going to download it today. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> Number two, we'll definitely put it in the show notes. Johanna, thank you so much for joining us. You're always just such a delight to talk to. You're so welcome. I'm so thrilled to get to talk to you. And I'm so glad we finally did this and connected <laughs> after so many years. Uh, awesome. From <laughs> all of the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day. Sharpen that presentation and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.